I'm going to read and introduce um, who she is. And uh, so her name is Tabitha Garcia, and she runs her own practice out of there, out of uh, Beaumont, California. That's there in Riverside County, um, near L.A. area for everyone that's not familiar with the IE. <laughs> um, and she has a practice called Bienestar Counseling. And uh, Tabitha Garcia, she has a passion for working with Latinx folks, BIPOC, which is black, indigenous and people of color and those with intersecting identities. She is a child of immigrants, a first generation Latina and a licensed marriage and family therapist who is passionate about helping individuals gain clarity and find peace in their authenticity. Tabitha also supports individuals who have embarked on journeys of religious deconstructing. She utilizes an interactive and collaborative approach of evidence-based modalities and wellness practices based on her clients' needs. And some of her specialties are general mental health, anxiety and panic disorders, depression, personal growth and self-esteem, general relationship challenges that come between family, friends, and even co-workers. So with any further ado, welcome Tabitha Garcia. Yes, thank you. Thank you <laughs> welcome, for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Offbeat Podcast, man. And uh, we're excited to have you here. Okay. I'm excited to have you here. And I'm uh, joined by my lovely co-host and wife. Hi. Yes, thank you for being here. And I'm excited to be on here, too. I'm usually, like I was saying earlier, I'm usually behind the camera, but today I'm with you guys, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, so, and yeah, so it, it's the first time that I get to get, have my wife on uh, on the show with me, and so that's that's exciting. It's going to be interesting yeah. if this turns into a, a therapy session. <laughs> We're here for it. <laughs> that's why we brought uh, Tabitha here. No, no, I'm joking, guys, but yeah, it's... um. We're really excited because when I started, um, you know, along with um, my buddies, when we started, um, when we embarked on this journey of um, Offbeat Podcast, you know, that was one of the things that that we really wanted to target, I guess mm-hmm. you can say, you know, was mental health, you know, and, and that's kind of even why we, uh, um, you know, came up with the name Offbeat, mm-hmm. Offbeat Podcast, you know, and and I even talk about it on um, uh, one of our pilot episodes that we still haven't released yet, but we kind of dove into, you know, what mental health looked like in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, what it, um, you know, challenges that we faced and things like that. And um, but I was like, you know, I want to bring a professional. Yeah. I want to bring someone that has the experience that, um, you know, is working with individuals mm-hmm. towards getting better and, um, you know, to really shine perspective and not just shine, you know, perspective on this matter, but even to provide some tools, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so excited. And uh, Tabitha, why don't you just um, tell us a little bit about tell our audience a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. where you come from, where'd you grow up? Yeah. So uh, nice to meet everyone. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me on your podcast. I'm excited to be here. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I was born and raised in the Inland Empire. Um, I went to high school out here, went to college out here. My grad program was out here. So I'm a very proud Inland Empire uh, (laughs) native. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I graduated from Cal State San Bernardino with my bachelor's in uh, psychology. And also uh, for my grad program, I went to Cal Baptist University. Nice. 
And so I graduated with my master's there in counseling psychology. So that's okay. uh, a little bit about my education. But, um, you know, I've, I've worked in the field of mental health for about 10 plus years now, but I've been a therapist for seven years. Okay. Yes. Um, so I've seen, uh, you know, I've worked in a variety of settings, so I've seen all kinds of things, really. Yeah. I've worked in hospitals, so I've worked in like psychiatric units. I've worked in detention, so in jails. Nice. Um, I've worked with families, I've worked with children. Um, but ultimately, I came to learn that my passion was really working with adults, young adults, uh, who are Latino, who, uh, are BIPOC, black indigenous people of color, um, you know, and just the challenges that we face, uh, you know, as people with these identities, um, because that's the truth we do. We face special challenges, uh, living within the society. So that's really where my passion lies. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, what any challenges that when you were growing up, where are your parents from, first of all? Like where? Yeah. So my parents are from Mexico. OK. Uh, my dad is from El DF and my mom is from Morelos. OK. Yeah. But uh, most of my family migrated here to the U.S. and they pretty much reside here in the Inland Empire. OK. Yeah. So all my right. parents are here. My grandparents are here. Yeah. Everyone's here. OK. Nice. Nice. Have you ever visited Mexico? I have. Okay, yes. nice. Yeah. So you've gone to El DF? I've gone to El DF more when I was younger. I go to me, uh, Mexico now, like, for vacations. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're going for, you know, Cabo's one of our favorite places to go. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And so growing up, growing up uh, Latina, first generation, Mexican, American, you know, what, what challenges do you recall facing? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, just to add a little twist to that, too, right? Uh, I also grew up uh, as a pastor's kid. So my parents were pastors uh, when when I was younger. Um, And being a Latina, being a pastor's kid, you know, being a person of color, um, being a a child of immigrant, right? Um, There, you know, were challenges such as, like, just navigating school systems, Mm -hmm. right? Navigating... uh, just friendships, you know, yeah. trying to figure out like what circle you fit in, yeah. right? Do you fit in with the Latinos? Like, do you fit in with this population, with that population? Like, yeah. where do you fit in? Yeah. Um, especially as someone who is bilingual, but Spanish is my second language, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, navigating like the systems within the church, you know, like your place even within the family, like, you know, what is your role as the eldest, you know, another identity, right? Like, what is your role as the eldest? What, uh, yeah, like, what are you fulfilling even within the family, you know? So those are some challenges that I personally faced. Um, yeah. And that really led me to seeking out, you know, wanting to just connect with other people who are also, uh, you know, finding challenges within within these identities. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I, I know that you can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because I'm actually a PK as well. Uh-huh. And um, I can really I always thinking about my childhood like right now that you're talking about mm-hmm. that like what circle you fit in even the peer pressures of mm-hmm. sometimes those circles can cause mm-hmm. i think it would for me i guess it was a little difficult i guess i mean it was 
it wasn't as difficult because I kind of had my solid rock. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I knew where I stood. Mm -hmm. I knew how far I can go and how far I couldn't go. I think because I'm actually the youngest. Mm -hmm. So I kind of learned, I would learn from my brother's and my sister's mistakes, you know, so that kind of mm -hmm. helped me, I guess, like, okay, don't do this, you know, and I think I've always had, I've always told my husband this, this is something that I've always had behind my back because I grew up in the church. I just wanted to please God. I wanted to make mm -hmm. sure I'm always pleasing God, mm -hmm. you know? And so even in high school, like where the peer pressure is at, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. where there's so many circles that you can get involved to, but it's so funny. I would have my circle of friends. They're really cool girls. You know, they weren't no popular girls. We're just kind of like the mid, you know, mm -hmm. but I was, I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't need to be with no you know, I liked where I was at mm -hmm. because then they knew too where I was. You know, they knew that I was actually a pastor's kid. I, t I would tell them. I would tell them I would go to church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had the, we had to go to, um, you know, get the young adult ministry service, you know, and I would go and things like that. Like, no, I can't go. I can't go to you guys' party because I have this. Right. <laughs> I have <Yeah>. church. <laughs> right. You know, like, oh, okay. Like, oh, like, that's sad. You know, I'm like, yeah, but it's okay. Like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I was good. You know, mm -hmm. I was very happy where I was at. I just think like a lot of it was just more like my parents just not understanding sometimes, sometimes how difficult, mm -hmm. like because of where they came from, because they're immigrants too. Mm -hmm. My parents are from Guanajuato. And um, so they have a traditional bring up, that traditional bring up. And sometimes they just didn't know how to navigate us here in the u.s like today mm -hmm. like with the culture here yeah right and i think that's why like um it, i can i can um sympathize and empathize even like with what you're saying because because you know you, like with her it was like she was the youngest so it, her parents probably learned a lot you know mm -hmm. from her older brothers as well as far as nurturing and things like that but like on your your side of the spectrum like i can almost see like how difficult that could have been navigating through school, navigating mm. through, you know, different things. Because I remember growing up, you know, in those situations where like, who am I, you know, who do I fit in with? Mm -hmm. But then you all, but then also having that, you know, that church background, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. cause that's just another, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know if it sounds bad, but like another baggage or another label. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like another yeah. label added yeah. to you where it's yeah. like, Okay, like you, church girl. yeah, we, <laughs> church you can't hang out with these people because you're this. You can't yeah, go right. here because you're this. You can't do this. Well, and then if you, when you do choose a circle that you feel comfortable with, like how far can you go? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What are the limitations to that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I relate to your story a lot, you know, just uh, the expectations. When you said label, I was like, uh, yeah. these are the expectations as a pastor's child. Mm. Like who, yes, you have to find the circle uh, of friends who uh, you relate to, but like you also have to watch what you're doing because yeah. you're a pastor's kid. <laughs> you're being watched, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, yes. One thing that I remember that was told to me often is, tu eres el ejemplo. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the example. You're setting the example for everyone. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> just, yeah. Just the example. Yeah. <laughs> Everything rises and falls on you. So exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. So, uh, you know, how much freedom does one have with yeah. that expectation? You yeah. know, like how much can you really explore who you are? Uh, 
at your core, yeah. you know, with that expectation. So yeah. it was it was a difficult uh, a difficult thing to navigate, you know, yeah. to really find your identity yeah. um, when you're being the ejemplo for everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's and um, and I remember when I first because I came in. I came into the church. I got saved when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. No upbringing, no church background, nothing, nothing. You know, very, I think the most religious experience I ever had before that was probably every time I would pass by a church, mm -hmm. you know, me persinaba, boom, yeah. boom. <laughs> you know, that was like, that was as far as my yeah. religiousness went, you know, and it was just out of habit. But when I came in, like at first, I, um, I came in and I, at that time, we had a lot of church kids, mm -hmm. a lot. I remember And um, in the beginning, it was very hard because I was brought up different. Mm. So it was very hard to understand them. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't understand because, mm -hmm. you know, I almost in a way, you know, I, I, no, I judge them. Mm -hmm. Like I judge them because I said, well, man, you know, I can understand why I am the way that I am. Why mm -hmm. are they the way that they are? Mm -hmm. You know, and it, and it took me, you know, it took me a, a couple months, even I want to say a couple years to really understand that, man, you know what the um, what? Uh, a child, you know, that's brought up, you know what I mean? Um, as many benefits as they do have, as many privileges as they, people might think they have. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if we're establishing right now is that they also go through a lot of identity challenges. Mm -hmm. A lot, because like you said, I, I like what you said right now. It's hard for them to really um, discover who they are at the core mm -hmm. because of, sometimes because of the limitations. And then, and do you think that, Those limitations, I think you guys kind of mentioned it a little bit, but also have to do with our cultural limitations, right? That our parents, yeah, would you say? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I touched a little bit on like the role of the eldest, right? Like being a child of immigrants mm -hmm. uh, and being the eldest, like what responsibilities fall on the eldest, right? Yeah. You're you're essentially becoming another parent <laughs> in within the household, yeah. right? You're taking care of the siblings, you know? Um, you may have some household responsibilities that don't go, you know, to your other, uh, to the other siblings, yeah. um, to the other children in the home. So yes, culture uh, definitely plays, you know, a huge yeah. part in, in identity as well. Yeah. You know, and who you who you uh, learn to believe that you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome, awesome. I'll I'll piggyback. Well, I'm the youngest, so I know like, well, I did get responsibility. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I think because my my brothers, well, they really really do much when they're <laughs> you know, like, so it was more on the girls, I guess, to help out in the home. You mm -hmm. know, so my mom really taught us that. But I think what, but I. Did want to, I don't know, I was just thinking, like, what can I say about that, like, the cultural differences, even about just the responsibilities. So what I'm thinking is what happened to me at, to a certain point in my life, mm -hmm. already when I was, like, 19 years old, I, had, I made a big decision in my life. Mm -hmm. And when I made that decision... And that's actually because when I when I actually got with my husband, mm -hmm. we don't have the greatest story, love story, how we got together. Yeah. You know, it wasn't perfect. You know, so when I made a decision to be with my husband, like I saw how much everybody had me on a pedestal mm -hmm. as the youngest and as the one that would actually was the obedient one mm -hmm. in the home, mm -hmm. you know, was the obedient one even at church. Mm -hmm. 
I was involved in everything. Like I was involved in worship. I was involved in the youth ministry. Like I was there. Like mm -hmm. you can count on me type thing. I was the one there in the, and you know, I was early. I was late. Like, cause I was helping because I love to serve God, mm -hmm. you know, but when I finally made a decision because it's what my heart wanted, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was it's what my heart wanted, you know, um, I just saw how much my parents put me on a pedestal because they're very, you know, they weren't happy with my decision. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people weren't happy with my decision. A lot of people got hurt. But at that point, I was just like, I was like, wow, like I got to really like see what it is, like how it feels when you make like a big, you know, I guess it is, I wouldn't say for me, it wasn't a mistake because mm -hmm. it's something that I, you know, I wanted to do, but it was a mistake in other people's eyes, mm -hmm. you know, so that judgment, that condemnation, yeah. you know, how, how it felt. Cause I never felt that. Mm -hmm. I never yeah. felt that, you know, until then. Okay. And it's taught me a lot. It's made me stronger, mm -hmm. I believe, to where I am today. And um, but I just see how the traditional, how sometimes just the traditional religious things can really hold one like because it took a while. It took a while to get, you know, forgiveness to come in place mm -hmm. with my family to really like even acceptance, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, we were we stayed together <laughs> through yeah. the obstacles, through the trauma, I guess you could mm -hmm. even say we were, we're now almost to nine years married, mm -hmm. you know, this year. So we're here and it's just crazy how, how things turned out, you know, but how cultural differences, the church, but yeah. then traditional ways of thinking of just because of where they came from as well. Like mm -hmm. it just, how it can really, really put a lot of pressure on one yeah. as a, as a kid, as a, as a child, not even so much as a child, but just as a person, mm -hmm. you being you, you know, and it's a lot like, you know. Yeah. 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 It sounds like uh, you really made like your first heart decision. Yeah. I you believe, know, from yes. the heart yes. rather than having to check all the boxes. Yes, I really yeah. did. Mm -hmm. yeah. really, it was a rash decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it kind of goes back to that like label, you know, like where you fall from. I, I call it, you fall from people's grace, you know, like you never fall from God's grace, but you fall from people's mm -hmm. grace because, you know, they mm -hmm. have this label mm -hmm. and it's like, no way, wait, wait, you're, you're supposed to be peanut butter, you yeah. know, like you're supposed to be jelly. You're supposed to be this, you mm -hmm. know, and no, no, no. How could you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it really does, um, like for her, like her story, you know, it just, it, it I think that was, like she says, that was her first, um, uh, culture shock like mm -hmm. I guess you could say with like being outside of like man you know this is who I'm supposed to be mm -hmm. these are people's expectations of me and when I didn't live up to that you know she was able to like really see and experience you know what I mean like how how cruel sometimes things can be when you don't live up to that mm -hmm. expectation when you don't live up to that label yeah and it's such a scary move you know because yeah. To our parents, it does feel like betrayal. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like these are, this is the outline that I set out for you. Mm -hmm. And if we're not, if you're not matching, if you're not living this outline, yeah. you know, um, it's a betrayal. It's a reflection on me, on my parenting, you yeah. know, it's a reflection of what I passed down to you, yeah. you know? And so uh, it's, 
it's hard. It's it hard as an individual to decide to step out of those labels, to yeah. step out of those expectations and to choose from the heart, you know, what, yeah. what you believe is true and authentic to you. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, what led you to be passionate about what you do now? Mm-hmm. What, what was, how did that look like for you? I know you say you have, um, you know, years of working and experience and you even, but what made you say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go to school for this. I'm going to pursue this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I think it goes back to, uh, childhood and to my upbringing, you know, being in the church, what were the values, you know, the values was service to others, mm-hmm. service to others, kindness, yeah. empathy, right? Like that's, that's what I knew. I knew how to do those things, mm-hmm. you know? And so knowing that those were my core values or values that I really just carried with myself throughout mm-hmm. my life, um, that's really what drove my desire to want to become a therapist. Now, I didn't know that I would become a therapist in this way, yeah. right? Um, my initial thought was, hey, I want to help uh, or I want to work with people with severe mental illness. So I was mm-hmm. actually looking into like forensic psychology okay. um, so I could work within the detention, work with, you know, people who um, were really struggling, you know, yeah. with with their mental health. Um but I'll be honest with you, there was a thesis that was involved in, <laughs> in that process. And I was like, you know, research is not really yeah. my thing. <laughs> research is not for me. You know, I want to be of service to yeah. people. Right. And so that's what ultimately led me to decide to go the clinical route. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so so that's I've always wanted to help. Yeah, I've yeah. always loved to help. That's what I saw growing up. That's what my parents did. Yeah. You know, um, if anything, that's where I first saw counseling happen is my parents counseling other other folks within the church. Yeah. You know, so um, I knew that that's the route I wanted to take yeah. because of them, too, because yeah. of the example that they set for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there is and there always that good side of it, you know. I feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes we could talk about things like in a way where we try to make it look bad. You know what I mean? But like you said, you saw the good side Mm -hmm. of, you know, what I mean, like how your parents, you know, being pastors, you know, they were they would sit down with people. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the beautiful things that Mm -hmm. even to this day that you can see, you know, like where the 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 true intention, you know, I mean, really is to help people, Mm -hmm. you know, to service people, to really you know, see them blossom, see them grow, see them change, mm-hmm. you know, see them um, do better for their, their themselves, their marriage, mm-hmm. you know. So that's awesome that you, you saw that and you said, that, man, you know what, I don't know exactly where, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm going to pursue this. And then little by little, all this started to unfold, exactly. you know. And then um, so now I want to get down to the to the to the meat of stuff okay. you know what i mean and i know that maybe a lot of people are even you know thinking about these type of subjects and are wondering you know what is it how do i deal with it mm-hmm. and the first one is you know depression mm-hmm. you know can you kind of walk us through what is depression and what are some of the what are some of the symptoms you know what i mean like even invisible symptoms mm-hmm. you know cuz i was looking at um just recently that depression sometimes can 
can we can have it and not even know it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So can you kind of walk us through? Yeah, yeah. To speak a little bit on on what you said, like mm-hmm. we can have it and not even know it, you yeah. know? Um, we really have to discuss what the beliefs around mental health is, yeah. right? Or what we've been told mental health, mental health is or anxiety is or what depression is, you know? Yeah. Oftentimes um, we've been told or we've, we've learned that, uh, emotions are something we don't mess with, you know, it's like, Hey, you're feeling sad. Well, get up and go, you know, like, yeah, you feel sad, but you got to still move. You got to still keep moving forward, you know? And so, um, people don't really understand maybe what, it is that they're experiencing because no one has actually given them the language to be able to describe, you know, what it is that they experience. The other factor is um, because we don't have the language, we we also maybe haven't been given the space to be able to say, hey, I'm sad. Like who who is sitting with me and giving me the time, giving me their attention, really intentionally listening to what I have to say, um, you know, that's often not available, Mm -hmm. right, to to a lot of people. And so um, when it comes to depression, some symptoms that people can see is, yes, sadness, right? That's kind of the the overall uh, idea that we have with with depression, but we also Mm -hmm. see fatigue. Um, We also see lack of interest or anhedonia. Um, we see low self-esteem, feelings of worthlessness, helplessness, hopelessness. For some people, there may be um, some some thoughts of not wanting to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some symptoms that you you can see when it comes to depression. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anything you want to kind of ask about that? No, I'm just listening right now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's there's so much right now that that you know, kind of wanted because I could talk. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> so, so I I have to be like you know, hey, is there anything because, um, you know that that is something that I know a lot of people and it's I it's and I'm so glad I'm glad that it's becoming there's more awareness to it. There's mm-hmm. a lot more awareness to to depression. And um, I even speak about it a little bit um, on uh, on my story, you know, where when I first discovered, you know, when that started to really become real in our life, it was through my mom. Mm. You know, it was my mom. And, um, you know, I was maybe in my early 20s, I want to say, mm-hmm. maybe where my mom started to have, you know, some very, very she was going through some big life changes in her own personal life, you know, and um so she started to really have really bad episodes, really bad episodes, you know, and we didn't know, you know, at that time, you know, we're talking maybe mid 2000s when that started to happen, you know, and I was already, you know, in the church, I was already, you know, and I had already embarked in my journey of change and things like that. But it still was just a foreign language to mm-hmm. me, you know, it really was. And and like you said, there was no, even me, like I, I, I look back and I, I feel bad because I didn't know how to provide that space. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know how to provide that space. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that are even on the other side of the spectrum, you know, maybe with a family member, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe a loved one, um, a friend, a colleague 
that maybe you see some of those signs, maybe you see them, but it's like, how do I provide that space? Mm -hmm. You know, can you maybe shed some light on that? Like how can maybe on the other side of, of things, like as a friend, a loved one, a colleague, how can I provide that space for them? How can Mm -hmm. I be aware and provide it? Yeah. Well, I just want to acknowledge you because I know it's, it's such a hard thing to witness, you know, your, your loved one, you know, suffer, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be in so much pain and not know what to do with that, you know, um, one feels helpless, you know, when, when they see their loved one, just struggling, yeah. you know, so, um, it's, you know, it's not your fault and (laughs) it really is that no one has really taught us how to show up for people, you know, or what resources we have, you know? So, um, if, you know, you, you have someone in your life that is struggling with depression, you do see them, you know, maybe they have expressed to you, Hey, I'm not, I'm not well, you know, I'm not doing well. Um, I would encourage people to first ask their loved ones how they can be a support to them. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we, uh, assume that we know what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, when and and oftentimes we offer support that our loved ones don't actually really want or need, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes we offer unsolicited advice or mm-hmm. you know words uh, words of encouragement that may not actually be encouraging, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. getting curious, get curious about um, get getting curious and allowing people to tell you yeah. exactly what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. I think that's it's good. a really good point about what you said right now about the encouraging words that sometimes really they probably just don't even want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I think for me cuz I think I deal with that a lot, you know, cuz I actually, you know, my husband's story, he's mentioned about even him personally, mm-hmm. you know that he deals with that a lot, mm-hmm. you know, he with his depression and just how he feels and you know we're totally opposites Mm -hmm. (laughs) on how we deal with things you know so even bringing that up like it's I I've learned to kind of give him his space but then it's like when do you know when to not give space Mm -hmm. when do you know when to say something when to not because you just feel like you don't do the right thing Mm -hmm. you know it's so I think it's hard Mm -hmm. recently like with a lot of things that have been going on, we've been following this page. It's called Mental Health, right? Like, I think, yeah, something like that, Mental, mental health. health. And it talks about depression a lot, you know, yeah. or uh, anxiety, things like that. You know, what to, like tips, you know, mm-hmm. on what you'll see when someone has depression, you know. Yeah. And I've learned little tips on that, you know, but then too, sometimes it's just, but then too, like sometimes, like what you said too, like, sometimes we don't even know if we might have it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So now p- you pointing that out, I'm like, uh, do I get it? Like, you know, <laughs> do I have it? You know, because it's a lot mm-hmm. when you know someone, it's like you're hurting when someone's hurting, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like one's hurting, you know? So it's like, so we're both trying to get through it, right? Yeah. Like, so what? How would you? how would you want to give a tip or encourage others, like when they're in that boat. Mm-hmm. I guess you can say when one is feeling that way, and your other, the, maybe the spouse or the friend or 
you know, whoever it is on the other side trying to help that person that's, that, you know, that their loved one is feeling depressed, but then too, maybe they're feeling it too, because they're hurting too, you know, mm -hmm. for, because of their, during the process, during the process, yeah. like how, how, what would you encourage them? I think a lot of people are going through that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, witnessing someone else experience depression can be painful to you, but that is not a direct, uh, it's not saying that you also have depression, yeah. right? So it, the truth is that we experience emotions, you right. know, we're sentiment beings first, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, seeing someone in pain, we, that's part of the empathy. We also feel their pain, you know, yeah. or we feel pain because they're hurting. Um, but really it's about getting to know your what's what's inside of you right doing the inner work for yourself getting to know your own emotions mm -hmm. practicing how to label uh what you're feeling, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I brought up language earlier, like oftentimes we don't have the language to really know what it is that we're feeling. Yeah. And language is huge. Language yeah. allows us to understand. Yeah. Um, and so really doing the work for yourself, right. Knowing, um, what it is that you're experiencing, because what we tend to do is we tend to take responsibility for how other people feel, yeah. right? And so when we see someone experiencing low mood, you know, or experiencing depression, we end up making it about ourselves, mm. you know? And we don't want to do that. Yeah. We want to keep the focus on the help yep. that the other person yeah. needs yeah. Um, because they're the ones asking for the help, right? right. Or they're the ones needing the help. Um, and so starting to do the work, you know, within yourself is, is important so that you can show up for other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. Good. And that's, um, and it's really true, you know, as far as the, the language and the awareness, you know, I, because when I started to, when I first, when it first started to come into my life, it was like I mentioned through my mom and, um, you know, seeing her go through what she went through, seeing the episodes and the diagnosis that mm -hmm. later she was, you know, given things like that. Like it was, it was very hard to accept, you know, mm -hmm. to see this, you know, cause our whole life, you know, we didn't have the best relationship, you know, mm -hmm. but we did have, you know, our mom, we had mm -hmm. our mom, we had a good relationship. Um, you know, she taught us a lot. She showed up for us a lot. And, um, you know, even when they were going through problems, you know, they still made it a, she still made it a point to show up, you know, she would always do her best. And so my brother and I, we knew her as this strong, mm -hmm. you know, um, independent, hardworking, you know, um, seven days a week, she would go to the gym, mm -hmm. you know, she would be there for like two, three hours, like, <laughs> I mean, my mom was like, she was at, there was a time in her life where she was bad. You know what I mean? Like where you didn't want to mess with my mom. She was short. She's like five foot or probably like four foot 11, maybe short. But she, she was a, a force to be reckoned with, you know? And uh, we have stories, man. And, uh, you know, so it was very difficult to like see that. And then when we finally came to terms to like, yeah, you know what? This is real. Mm -hmm. This is real our mom is going through this, 
we just have to be the best that we can. But then when it, the next phase was like when it started to hit me, mm-hmm. you know, it started to hit me in a way. And I remember the first time, and I even shared a post, so I'll share about it right now a little bit. The first time I actually, you know, started to acknowledge that I didn't know what was going on, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to identify what was going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. I think I was just living you know, things were happening. You know, we had our, we had our, um, our first boy, our first son, he was born, you know, we, um, things were going good. You know, we, he was growing up, um, uh, you know, financially we were, you know, we're seeing breakthroughs, you know, we had just purchased our first home. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things were looking good. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I came across, you know, a situation where, you know, my, my temper was tempted, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I got, you know, really angry, really agitated. And I had a confrontation with an individual where, you know, I just didn't, you know, I, I gave into what I was feeling, you know, which I didn't understand at that moment, Mm -hmm. but I just had let everything bottle Mm -hmm. up. And I remember I ended up just exploding. Mm -hmm. I ended up just exploding And I ended up, you know, hurting this individual, you know, in a way where, you know, that I was maybe what, like 29 or 30 years old at that time. I was like 29 or 30 years old at that time. The last confrontation I had Mm -hmm. of something like that, I was maybe 18 years old. So 12 years Mm -hmm. of, you know, you know, peaceful altercations, you know, like being able to handle situations, things. And I remember from that moment, like my world emotionally you know, spiritually, everything just started to crumble mm. because I, I, I fell into this world of like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? What is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And it was a very, 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 very dark time mm-hmm. in my life. And, and I shared that story on a post because I really feel that that's really where offbeat, mm-hmm. you know, started because mm-hmm. I started to really question, why can't I just be normal? Mm. You know, like, yeah. why can't I just be normal? <laughs> what did normal mean to you? Not fighting, you know, not being angry, mm-hmm. um, being able to have a normal conversation with my wife, mm. you know, at that time being being able to be a dad to my son, Mm -hmm. you know, like I felt like I couldn't even enjoy Mm -hmm. my time with my son. I still struggle with that sometimes, you Mm -hmm. know, it's gotten better, but, um, guilt, you know, Mm -hmm. I was consumed with so much guilt. People's opinions about me would get to me. Um, because that's really what afterwards, when I did a lot of the work, I understood that what fueled me so much was Mm -hmm. because this person was he was he was judging me you know he Mm -hmm. was judging me and he didn't know me Mm -hmm. you know and but he was pointing things out to me that that my whole life have been pointed out things that you know I was just it it was like just everything that I you know I'm just I was just tired of it Mm -hmm. I was just tired of living under people's umbrella people's label you know, and it just, I just snapped, Mm -hmm. you know, I snapped and I was like, man, and I was like, why can't I just be these things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we get trapped into this idea of normal, 
Right. Yeah. And the reality is normal doesn't exist, you know, um, as a perfectionist, right? <laughs> Someone who, uh, you know, I think that really comes from childhood too, having to meet these expectations and yeah. check off these boxes, right? Um, being a perfectionist, right? Like that's another label, another expectation to yeah. live up to, right? Being normal, right? It's yeah. another expectation to live up to. And so when we live in these boxes, we we have nowhere to go, you know, yeah. we have nowhere to explore. We, if we step out of the box, what, what happens, you mm-hmm. know, like you feel lost, but because where, where was the freedom? Where was the freedom in, in that allowed you to explore, you yeah. know, other parts of you? What I'm hearing is you yeah. were <laughs> expecting to be the perfect dad. You were expecting to be the perfect husband, you know, yeah. or whatever that normal was to you. Yeah. You were expecting those things to to be in the way that you um, pictured them, yeah. you know. And when it didn't reflect that, the world cr- crumbled. Yeah, yeah, and it it really it really did because it it just I just felt like I couldn't meet up to my expectations, Mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't even because my wife was, had these expectations for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even because, you know, it, what it really, really did come down to like my expectations, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and living up to, and that was one thing that I had always struggled with that later, you know, I, as I did the work, as, as I, um, I myself, you know, I, cause that situation was mm-hmm. what really propelled me to say, I got to get therapy, mm-hmm. you know, I got to get therapy, you know, because 12 years, you know, I, I was good, you know, yeah, I had my, you know, episodes I had, you know, who doesn't get mad, who doesn't mm-hmm. get upset, mm-hmm. but it had gotten to the point where it scared me. Mm-hmm. It really did. It scared me because I said, man, like I, what I've never, the last time I was that person, I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I was 18 years old. I was in a gang. I was, you know, doing that life. I was indulged in that life. So, and that's what was expected to, of me. Mm-hmm. But now like, what, what was my excuse? Why did I react that way? You know, and, but a lot of it had to do with my identity. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know who I was, mm-hmm. you know, and that was one of the biggest things at 30 years old, you know, not knowing who you are mm-hmm. as a person, as a man, you know, because my whole life, I always lived in the shadows of others. Mm-hmm. I always, I always looked for that approval of mm-hmm. my dad. You know, I always looked, and when I didn't get that approval or I felt like I didn't get that approval, you know, I would look for it with my mom. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't feel like I had that approval because there was always just something that I felt like I didn't meet, mm-hmm. you know, there was always a criteria, you know, and I think that's why, when I joined a gang, I felt like, I felt like the, like everything was just perfect Mm -hmm. because as I look back on it, it wasn't so much because of what we were doing, but it was because I was so good at doing it. And I it was so accepting, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I had people around me that loved me for what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, they knew what I was capable of. They, encouraged what I was capable of. They loved what I did. I mean, we had a good time doing what we did and it felt good Mm -hmm. to be a part of Mm -hmm. something, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to meet those expectations. Yeah. It sounds like you were really looking for a place of belonging. Yeah. 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 Really. 
Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's a difference between fitting in and finding a place of belonging, you know, and because we we uh, desire belonging so much um, and we don't really know where to find that, uh, we will sacrifice ourselves to fit in. You know, so it'll come at a cost. What are you sacrificing? Maybe you're sacrificing some of, you know, your family. Maybe you're sacrificing money. Maybe you're uh, sacrificing time. Yeah. You know, like fitting in gives you a false sense of belonging. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. But what did it cost you? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always look back on and say, like, man, it really did cost me so much like Mm -hmm. it cost me my high school years Mm -hmm. you know it cost me my freedom Mm -hmm. you know for so many years you know it cost me relationships Mm -hmm. you know that good relationships that I had Mm -hmm. you know with family with friends it cost so much you know and and um and I think that that was the terrible thing that I never dealt with that you Mm -hmm. know and I can't blame anyone but that was something I just never dealt with And even as a 30 year old, I found myself still dealing with that because my desire to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I love how you explain that because it's Mm -hmm. so true. My desire to fit in to a system, to an organization, to a way of being, to a normal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is normal. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're in this church, this is this is normal. Mm -hmm. This is this is acceptable. And, you know, or if you're part of this community or you're part of this, like this is what normal is. Mm -hmm. And so I've always strived to, okay, you know, if I I understood this was wrong, bad consequences, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to change, you know, and then but then instead of working on, you know, saying, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who is my identity? How do I belong? I went back to that mentality of like. How do I fit in? Mm-hmm. How can I fit in these pockets? Where can I go? And when I felt that, you know what, like, because I think that's what it really came down to. It's like, man, you know what? I am tired of this. Mm-hmm. I am tired of this. I am tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of people making me feel like this. And it was just an explosion. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So what, what he's saying, right, like, well, I think because growing up, right, like, I've always, like, also, like, trusting in God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what does God want for us? You know, mm-hmm. that's always a question, right? Like, as believers, mm-hmm. you know, like, what does God want for us, you know? And so how do we know? Because, right, we know we have feelings, and sometimes our emotions, sometimes we don't know whether if they're good or not, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think for me, yeah. well, for us... I think that's always the hard part to yeah. really recognize are our feelings wrong or right? Mm-hmm. Is this yeah. what God wants or or is it not? Mm-hmm. Like how, how can we really recognize if we're doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Like with choices mm-hmm. in our lives, decisions, you know, when it comes down to having picking our friends, mm-hmm. relationships, mm-hmm. when it comes down to even in our depression, like, mm-hmm. 
is, you know, is this okay to feel like this? You know, because mm-hmm. I bet you that's always the answer. Is it okay that I feel this way? Yeah. I know that's always his question. Telling when we have our conversations yeah. about it, like... Am, I, know, ro- am I wrong for thinking this yeah, way? Yeah, like, you know, like... <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever had conversations with other people, like, in, in, in this area, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but... How would you, how would, what, what, what sort of tip or, mm-hmm. you know, to help guide someone that's going through that, you know, and really, you know, recognizing those things yeah. in their yeah. lives? That's a great question. Yes, I do work with people um, on like rebuilding and redefining their relationship with their emotions. Um, the truth is we live in a society, we've grown up in certain constructs, right, that are very polarizing, right? What do I mean by that? Like two extremes, Mm -hmm. right? It's either good or it's either bad, Mm -hmm. right? It's either positive or it's either negative, right? Like if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Or it's all or it's nothing, right? What the truth is we are really looking to live in the gray, Mm. What, what's in between? What's in between these two extremes, mm-hmm. right? And so I have this conversation with, with people when it comes to emotions because we've, we've uh, been raised to believe that we have good emotions and we have bad emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The truth is we have emotions mm-hmm. that they're neither good yeah. or bad. Yeah. You know, some of your emotions are pleasant. Mm-hmm. Some of your emotions are unpleasant, mm-hmm. right? But it's that's speaking to the experience that you have with your emotions. Yeah. Is sadness unpleasant? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Is fear unpleasant? Yes. Is anguish unpleasant? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? But none of those are bad. Mm-hmm. We've learned, you know, we've been told that those are bad emotions. Yeah. Um, but they're neither good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just are. They're yeah. emotions. I love that. I love that so much. And I love how you, you describe that. Um, working with people to come to rebuilding that relationship mm-hmm. with their emotions. And I think that that is what, that's one thing that um, I have been learning little by little throughout these last years is really being able to recognize, you know, like you said, do I feel angry? Okay. You mm-hmm. know, but I think that I was always so scared of that emotion mm-hmm. because I would see the negative effects of it or I would, you know, um, react, mm-hmm. you know, to that, you know, but when you learn to have a relationship, well, why do you have angry? Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of like, like it because it's kind of like you going up to a buddy and being mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, why do you feel that way? You know, and it's kind of like doing that to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. You know, why do you feel angry? And when it really comes down to, you know, it's like, oh, you, you know what? I, I am angry, but in reality, like, I feel embarrassed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you bring up a good point, mm-hmm. right? That emotions uh, tend to come in, like, bunches, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not just the one emotion that you experience, yeah. right? I can, right. I'm sitting in this chair and I'm excited to be here, but yeah. also, like, I'm a little nervous, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they it's not just one, one. experience with one emotion yeah. right. right but it's just it's so, so many, many. Yeah. and that's why it becomes overwhelming right because yeah. again we haven't learned how to experience the emotions in our physical body yeah. you know like how how often are you paying attention to how sadness feels in your body mm. yeah. where do you feel it 
Yeah. Do you feel it in your chest? Do you feel it in, you know, your belly? Do you feel it in your throat? You know, mm. in your face? Like where, where are you experiencing it? Yeah. And that's what building a relationship with your emotions is, right? Yeah. Is knowing how they express themselves mm. within you, yeah. right? And also being able to give it a name. So mm-hmm. that when it shows up, mm-hmm. it's not unfamiliar. Yeah. It's not something you've never seen before or felt before, right? Yeah. But you can recognize it and you can tend to it. Mm, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Yeah. And that's so good because I know she's like, like my wife, like I always tell people emotionally, she's much more mature, mm-hmm. <laughs> like much more mature than I am, you know, and but I'm learning, you know, that's one thing that I'm definitely definitely learning is how to identify the emotions Mm -hmm. you know how to present them how to name them you know do I still struggle in some areas oh yeah of course Mm -hmm. but I feel like I've definitely gotten better at you know being able to explain you know after the fact or you know during the the situation like Mm -hmm. man you know what in reality it's not it's angry that I'm it's anger that I'm expressing but in reality it's because you know I feel rejected mm-hmm. or I feel embarrassed mm-hmm. or I feel sad or I feel worried, mm-hmm. you know, worried that, you know, I might not be able to figure things out, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm and then that turns into anger with myself because mm-hmm. then it's like, what am I doing? You know, for example, things like that, you know, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But yeah, she's definitely the more <laughs> emotionally mature one. Definitely. <laughs> one thing I want to clarify, too, is, you know, because we experience anger, we experience rage, right? Um, does not mean that you can go out and harm someone, right? Yeah. Or be disrespectful some, to someone. Right. Like just because you acknowledge that that's what you feel, or you're expressing to someone that, that, that that's how you feel, doesn't give you permission to mm-hmm. cause harm, Thank right? You. Yeah. Your emotion is valid. We right. could understand why you feel that way, right? right? But the way that you respond to that emotion may not always be justified. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So just because you feel something, yeah. you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you can go out and cause harm to someone. Yeah. It's still... And I think that's what's so hard is being able to still accept responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, for your actions, you know, taking responsibility for like, hey, you know, if you did that, because like, for example, the situation that I had gone through, like, that's one thing that it just it taught me was that, man, it just I can't keep going through life doing that, even though that was the first time in many, many years. But regardless, I said, you know what, I need to take responsibility for this in any way possible. And the first thing is by, you know, regardless of the outcome, I need to get help. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to get this, these emotions, this depression. I need to get it. I need to f- not so much get it under control, but I need to, you know, really figure out what is it that's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that's really going on inside of me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I that leads to my next question is that do you is that something that you constantly see is that people just want to deal with symptoms, but they don't want to go deep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking that question because, you know, one disclaimer that I often give uh, when I start therapy with people is, um, well, actually, I should give you all of my expectations, right? <laughs> or the expectations that I lay out for people because people will come to therapy and say, hey, I just need a couple of sessions right. and, yeah. you know, Try all should the- be good, right. you know. Um, but the reality is that when you, 
make the decision to embark on a therapeutic journey, right? You are you are deciding to commit to yourself, right? Mm. And this is a lifelong process. Yeah. You know, we are complex human beings who are ever evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, who you are today was not who you were. 10 years ago, five years ago, maybe even last year, maybe Mm -hmm. a couple months ago, right? Right. We are ever evolving species. So we, this is going to be a lifelong journey. We're we're committing to ourselves for, you know, long-term people do come to therapy and say, Hey, give me the steps. What are the steps that you have so that I can address this? And mm-hmm. sure, there's coping skills, there's ways to address certain things. Um, but really, therapy is a space where you go in mm-hmm. and you dig yeah. out, yeah. you know, the core mm-hmm. beliefs, you yeah. know, the expectations. Yeah. And you explore how they've impacted every part of your life, yeah. you know, and where it continues to show up because yeah. you may think, okay, well, I addressed this, this issue in my relationship. Right. Yeah. And a year later it's showing up at work mm-hmm. or, you know, a few months is showing up with friends, yeah. you know? So we understand that. Yes. Even though we addressed it in one area, you know, there's still maybe more work that we have to do. Yeah. So, so talking about that, um, I'm thinking because, think especially though you know we're latinos mm-hmm. you know and i feel like for us okay let me see the question where i'm trying to get at it you know i have to like put my words together <laughs> like so what would you tell someone that's latino or like how you said but what's the thing that you call it bipoc yeah <laughs> they have this sort of background that because i know that there's a lot of people they say they might say i don't need their therapy mm-hmm. you know i don't need counseling you know, I'm going to pray about it. Mm-hmm. It's not normal to them. <laughs> yeah, it's not normal to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I know the question is too, like, I know the question is, can be like, why are people afraid, especially with Latino background, you yeah. know? And why do you think, or even encouraging them, like, to do it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like why it, it's important? Because I think that that is a big thing right now what you just pointed out about the going deep going deep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like why do you think people are so afraid to go deep mm-hmm. you know like because I know like that was him in the beginning yeah you know like I would tell him like mm-hmm. we were going through it we were going through it and I was like you need help I cannot help you anymore mm-hmm. you know because I was you know when he would go through it he was feeling a certain way I, of course, I was trying to be that partner mm-hmm. that spouse always encouraging you mm-hmm. know praying for him like we're gonna get through this, you know. Like just, you know, release, mm-hmm. release what you have to say. It's okay if you hurt me, you hurt me, but mm-hmm. release. But it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough, you know. Um, that was our. But everybody has their own story. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own marriage. Everybody has their what they go through with their families, right? So, what would you tell them? Like, mm-hmm. why is it so important to really go deep? With, you know, because there's people that are perfectionists, like just what you said, Mm -hmm. but then there's people that are not perfectionists and they just kind of go with the flow, but then they still deal with all these things, Mm -hmm. all these emotions and what they go through, you know? So why, like, why, what would you tell the people, like, 
why is it important to really dig deep within themselves? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, it's important to dig deep because that's where you find your true authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we say we're digging through things, we're digging through the labels. We're Mm. digging through the expectations, right? We are assessing whether that is something that continues to align with me or it only aligned with me because I was told it was supposed to, Mm. you know? And so it's, this journey of going through therapy is um, is really about getting to know who you are outside of who you've been told that yeah. you are. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's why it's important because we have moments in life where yeah. we thought we checked off all the boxes, but yeah. it wasn't enough, yeah. right? Because right. those things were probably not in alignment with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's so good. And I love that question. And I love the way you answered it because it's true. It's, it really, and I always tell people when I encourage people to seek out therapy, Mm -hmm. seek out counseling and, and even why I did it, because it was scary to open up to someone you don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, in a space that you don't know. But what I, what I came to find out for myself, and maybe this can encourage people was that honestly, I think going to a complete stranger you know, a professional, um, you know, with experience, it actually was the best Mm -hmm. because it really did allow me to, because sometimes what I used to feel was that every person that I knew had kind of like what you talked about earlier, they already had like their baggage of advice. Mm -hmm. You know, they already had the right scriptures, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, they already had, you know, um, you know, you need to pray more, Mm -hmm. you know, they already had, they had this, their baggage of advice of tips, you know what I mean? And and it's nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong with that. But when you come to a point, when you come to a place where there's things that, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're, you build something, you know, like, let's say you, you, you build a desk, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say, you know, well, let's take this desk, for example, and I build it from scratch and, and it keeps wobbling, you know, and, and sometimes like, we're like, ah, I don't, I don't feel like deconstructing this. I don't feel mm-hmm. like pulling this apart anymore. Like it's done. It's mm-hmm. done. It's good. It's, we just needed just to put things on top of it. Yeah. Yes. You know, a la brava, you mm-hmm. know, like the, mm-hmm. como el Mexicano, you know, okay. <laughs> and, and sometimes our life, we're like that. We're just like, well, that's, that's how it is. You know, my life is like that. This area in my life is like that. You know, there's no reason to go back, you know, because I think a lot of people, even that, like they say, oh, I don't want to be the victim. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll get that mindset. Cause that was my mindset too. It's like, I don't want to be a victim. You know, I don't want to, you know, sit there and blame everyone for what I'm going through. I want, I'm taking responsibility, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that that is part of taking responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. that was part of me taking responsibility to say, no, this area is broken, mm-hmm. you know, and I've put on the suit, I've put on the tie, I've said the right things. I've said the right prayer. You know, um, I, you know, God's not going anywhere, but I really believe that this is a way of God, you know, pushing us and, 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 and pulling us through so that we can deconstruct those areas, Mm -hmm. you know, and really, you know, look at these areas and, and see that, you know what, there was yesterday, I was listening to this, that early on, many times early on in our lives, that infrastructure mm-hmm. was broken, mm-hmm. you know, without us even knowing. It's like going back to the table. Maybe there was a screw that I forgot to put in. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was, 
maybe I intentionally left the part out and that's why it's wobbly, mm. you know, because I didn't want to deal with it. And many times in our life, like the way we grow up, the way we were raised, what we were told, you know, it's, we've said, ah, okay, well it works at that moment, mm -hmm. but not knowing that we were already messing up the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're older and we actually need it, you know, where we need those coping skills, where we need those communication skills, it's like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I want to ask, like, who is in charge of the infrastructure when you're a child? Mm. Your parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your parents are, yeah. you know. And, you know, the truth is um, in Latino culture, you know, especially with our older generations, mental health, therapy, guess that's all. Like, yeah. you know. Just pray about it. Yeah. You know? You know, yeah. like you're you're sad, well, get over it. Vete a trabajar, vete a hacer yeah. algo, yeah. ponte a limpiar, ponte you a know. Limpiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that is where you learned how to deal, you know, how to deal with, with your emotions, how to deal yeah. with yourself, you know. So our parents did the best they could. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did the best that they could with what they had. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's not to say that our parents were bad or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but it's the truth. Yeah. You know, we, we still, going back to this polarized, right? Like we think like, oh, our parents should have done the best, you know, or yeah. all they could, right? But yeah. the truth is they were limited to yeah. Yeah. in their yeah. resources and their yeah. knowledge. And where, did, where was their freedom, you yeah, know? Right. Where was their safe space to explore? Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, and I agree totally, you know, because I always go back. I always think that, you know, I go back to my high school years because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's there's things that I wanted to do. You know, I remember the this is a, a funny story, but it's because I remember that for my senior year, I, I just wanted to do one thing, you know, that was out of the norm, mm -hmm. you know, of being a Christian, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I wanted to go to prom. I wanted to go to prom mm -hmm. so bad. I, I was either go to grad night or go to prom. And I don't know why I wanted to go to prom. Mm. I wanted to have that experience of yeah. what it was to be a senior, mm -hmm. to go to a dance. Because throughout my whole pretty much four years of high school, I think I went once in middle school because it was during school. But I never went to a dance, never went to really a football game. And it was my choice because, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was in, I was involved in church. You know, I wanted to be in church. Mm -hmm. You know, that was my choice. It wasn't my parents' choice. Like, mm -hmm. yes, they, they gave that example. You know, they, they guided me in that way. And, but at the end, it was my choice and I was happy with that. Mm -hmm. But senior year came and, you know, I'm getting ready to leave the, the high school. And I'm like, man, what have I, what have I really experienced? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? You know? And, um, and I remember asking my parents, like, mom, dad, like, I want to go to prom. Like, mm -hmm. can I go to prom? I think I asked my mom first. And she was like, well, ask your dad. She, all the time. It's always that they will ask your dad. <laughs> you know? Tu papa. But yeah. Pregúntale tu papá. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, so I asked my dad. And then mm -hmm. he's like, well, pregúntale tu mamá. All the time. Like, yeah. they didn't want to make the choice, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just like, so I finally sat with them. And they would ask, well, why? I'm like, well, because, like, I just... 
I want to have this experience. Like, and there's a pasa danzar. Well, well, yeah, like I'm going to dance with my friends. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's nothing bad. Like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. not going to be drinks allowed. Like there's nothing of that. Like I know my boundaries. Like, you know, I know my boundaries, you know, I know what's my limits, Mm -hmm. you know, but I want to be able to experience this, you know, and and you know what? I, I really talk to them. I, I express myself to them. And you know, they're open about it. They let mm-hmm. me go. Mm-hmm. They let me go. I even, I even got a date. Sorry, babe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I even got a date. I asked a friend to go with me. Uh, it was a guy, of course. <laughs> and, you know, he went with me, you know, and we had fun. I had fun with my friends, mm-hmm. you know, it, and I'm so happy that I got to experience that. I prefer to go. I wanted to go to prom instead of grad night. You know, mm-hmm. grad night was at Disneyland and doing all that. But I was like... It's okay, but I don't know why. I just want to experience this, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to let my parents, because throughout my whole school years, like how I was saying, like, I wanted to do things. I wanted to get into sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do volleyball. I want, you know, I wanted to try those things. But when I would ask my parents, would be like, well, you know, say como ser eso. I don't know how to do that. Like, mm-hmm. well, how we, how do we do that? Well, we don't have the money for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pero la iglesia, mm-hmm. but church, what about church? You're going to miss church and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'm just like, ugh. so I always had to kind of make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I want? Do I want to be involved? Because of the service and because of what they taught me and how I've always thought, too, of, like, being of service to others. Mm-hmm. So I would I would always go, you know, I would always make that choice, like, okay, I want I want to do this. You know, and I don't regret it, you know, because I love I loved giving service to others, other mm-hmm. young people, like, of my age at that time, you know, that I was helping and being there for and be, being friends for and stuff like that, you know? And so, but to that point, I'm like, okay, I want to do something, mm-hmm. you know? I want, yeah. I made a choice. And, and to know that my parents had supported me, I think for me at that time, that was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal, you know? So yeah. I kind of just wanted to explain give that story yeah 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 you know uh, again our parents are doing you know they they did and they are doing the best that they can they may not be open to everything you know (laughs) open to everything or even you know open to exploring their own mental health you know I've encouraged my parents to go and see a therapist (laughs) but they're you know they always tell me no (laughs) you know because it's painful you know like we've You know, we've learned that like whatever has happened, you you leave it in the past. Don't even bring right. it up again. Right. Yeah. But what we fail to acknowledge is that even though we've left it in the past, it still, still impacts can. us in yeah. the present. Exactly. You yeah. know, and that was one of the things that was scary for me, too, mm-hmm. is because I the thing is the past for me. You know, not everything was bad in the past, but there was a lot of things in the past you know, even as an adult, you know, that I would use as guilt, you know, mm-hmm. so visiting the past for me always associated with guilt, mm-hmm. you know, regret, guilt, um, you know, uh, just, you know, it was a real bad ex- relationship that I had with it, you know, and it wasn't until I was able to go to therapy that I was able to learn that, mm-hmm. that, you know what, it's, it's not so much that we bring up the past so that we can relive it or, um, you know, stay there or, you know, play the blame game, but it really is to, okay, what can we learn from these situations? Mm -hmm. You know, because I know that, um, my mom, you know, that was one of the biggest things that, you know, she struggled with a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, when she went into her situation, you know, with, um, um, with depression, anxiety and things like that. It was, I think she, she felt like, um, 
her biggest thing was like she would constantly always like apologize to us mm. constantly 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 and uh you know i think she felt a lot of a lot of guilt you know mm -hmm. like you know just things that maybe she could have done better mm -hmm. things like that and i would always try to encourage her. i was like look mom like you did the best that you can you know you did everything that you can even to my dad you know like you do the best you got they did the best you know that they knew how to do with what they had and um you know we made our choices like the choices we made they weren't based off of them you know mm -hmm. it was yeah it might have created things inside of us you know what i mean that but ultimately we made that choice mm -hmm. you know we made that decision and and i had to really tell my mom i'm like look like we made choices mm -hmm. we made choices you can't blame yourself for those choices you know are there things that could have been better yes but let's learn from them mm -hmm. let's learn from them let's move on from that but let's not stay there mm -hmm. you know let's mm -hmm. not stay there and i think that that is a lot especially with the older generation that they're afraid of mm -hmm. they're afraid of or even they're I'll be, I'll be, I'll dare to say sometimes like they're even afraid to admit mm -hmm. that maybe they were wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they admit it, if they acknowledge it, right, <laughs> then they have to deal with what comes with yeah. that, right? Like yeah. they will have to experience the emotion. They do have to experience right. the discomfort of yeah. sitting with. That they might've been wrong. Yeah. yeah. Sitting with, 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 you know, the the mistake, right. you know, or the yeah. outcome, yeah. the result of, of yeah. that decision. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it is difficult for, you know, our, our elders, our older <laughs> population, you yeah. know, to really, yeah. um, acknowledge like themselves, you know? Yeah. Yes. One of, you know, one of the reasons to go back and, and explore the past is to draw the lessons, but also to like make peace with that mm -hmm. by, practicing acceptance, mm. you know, um, and that's really hard yeah. because we've, we've learned that acceptance means allowance, right? If I accept that I did this, then I'm making it okay. Gotcha. You know, yeah. and that's, that's not really what acceptance means. Mm. Yeah. Acceptance is knowing that there's that what has happened has happened and there is no more investment in changing it, right? Whether it's active investment of like trying to make up for the past or mental investment of like thinking how I could have done that better, yeah. how I should have done that better or in the future, right? Next time I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But just being able to say, this is what happened, yeah. you know, and, and I accept that this is what happened and I'm taking accountability. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, to earlier and I f about that what was going to go with that story that I was saying <laughs> and we kind of go back to that is because now as a parent uh -huh. I'm a parent you know we're parents now we have a 10 year old daughter we have a eight, almost 8 year old son and a 4 year old boy mm -hmm. you know so it's like <laughs> we got a, a full house, house. <laughs> you know and now because you know we accepted certain things from our parents but then there's going to be things where you know we know we want to do better you know, so I knew there were certain things like, of course, as a child, I wanted to do, but because of these traditional and just things that they just, I don't know, you know, yeah. didn't things, that we, things that we accept, like, because kind of going back to where, like, 
like our parents were limited and right you know like hey i'm gonna go sign up for this sport well i don't know what to do and so they would just leave it like mm-hmm. that you right. know mm-hmm. but now but now we as parents like we know yeah. how to do that mm-hmm. you know we know yeah. what the process is and also if we're financially okay then we're gonna do it too because i know like at, at that time yeah. my parents weren't as financially okay mm-hmm. you know probably to allow me to to play a sport because of now now as a parent i see how much it costs us to be in football <laughs> you <Yeah>. know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money you yeah. know it's a lot of, it's an investment <laughs> You right. know, yeah. and, um, you know, so I I think we as parents now and learning from our parents, it's, it's like, yeah, accepting uh, even for us to accept. I think, you know, we have to be OK accepting of how they taught us, mm-hmm. but then learn and learning mm-hmm. what, you know, it's like how you're saying de- deconstructing what we've learned Mm -hmm. and I think we've talked about that before deconstructing what we've learned Mm -hmm. you know and and I kind of want to go to the next question that we have on the list with this it's what we've learned in Mm -hmm. but in regards to faith now Mm -hmm. so how can what is what what does that look like Mm -hmm. deconstructing faith yeah yeah I I come from I grew I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. you know, my yeah. parents were pastors since I was, since before I was even born mm-hmm. or when I was born. I don't know. They've been now pastors over 30 years now. So yeah. someone of faith that's a believer or even figuring out what is being a believer, a Christian mm-hmm. of faith, like how, what does that look like of deconstructing faith? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, my aim is to help people feel safe in doing so, you know, um, as someone who grew up in the church, right. I honestly can't recall a time where I felt safe Mm. to pose a question, you know, that may have gone against Mm. what, uh, I was told, you know? And so, deconstruction is really about having the freedom, having a safe place to wonder, to question, you know? Um, It's not necessarily like in, in therapy, I don't necessarily facilitate someone's deconstruction, you know, but I do provide a space where I say it's okay It's okay for you to question. It's Mm. okay for you to doubt. Mm. You know, it's okay for you to express those questions and those doubts. Um, Safety is really important when it comes to therapy, right? When it comes to navigating, you know, your inner worlds, um, having a safe place that's free of judgment, you know, that's open-minded, you know, that's... uh, Willing to accept you just mm-hmm. as you are yeah. is important in that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how does that how does that look like and deconstructing the faith? Mm-hmm. Like how does that, you know, how does um how does that look like when like because like you said, I like what you said, you don't facilitate mm-hmm. the action itself, but what you do is you create that safe space. And so what does that look like? Because I know that maybe many of our listeners, mm-hmm. you know, are Maybe they find themselves in a place where maybe they've been hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe they've been um, um, in a situation where maybe they question something and now they're looked at like the black sheep, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe they maybe they haven't, you know, returned to church, Mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, because of something that took place, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 
they haven't found that safe space, mm -hmm. you know, to actually say, right. man, can I even, because I think that that's, it's so, um, we see it so much, yeah. you know, I, I think we see it so much where it's like, you know, you can almost be, there's that word that I'm looking for. They, um, excommunicate you almost, mm. you know, like where you're no longer seen as a human being, mm -hmm. you know, but you're seen as someone who has come against, you know, mm -hmm. a system, mm -hmm. an organization mm -hmm. or a facility or, you know, and really it's just a group of people. Mm -hmm. You know, what, how does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what comes to mind, like just to give an example is purity culture, right? Mm -hmm. we, yeah. We're familiar with purity culture yeah, and what yeah. that looks like, right? There's these expectations for women, mm -hmm. right? And their womanhood, mm -hmm. you know, and if uh, women step out of that, you know, mm -hmm. what comes with that? Yeah. You know? comes with the labels, comes with the judgment, mm -hmm. you know, comes with the changed perception mm -hmm. of them, you know. And so someone who comes to me in therapy um, explores those beliefs, you know, they express what they believe. Um, and we look at, is that something that still aligns with you? Is mm -hmm. the idea that purity culture holds something that is true and authentic to you? Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that really like feels like it's it's part of you, you know? And if yeah. it's not, what is? Let's explore what is, you know? Yeah. Let's also process the harm, you know? Let's process the pain that comes with, this particular, you know, in this example, purity culture right. and how that has impacted you and how that has shaped your view of yourself, of your womanhood, mm. you know? Right, and right. do we, again, do we, is, is there parts of that that you want to continue to align with? Right. Or are there parts of that you, that you want to redefine that yeah. you, you know, for yourself that feels more in alignment to you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that because that's, it's so good. That's so good. And I want to touch on that a little bit because I love what you said right now is that there's things that us, we, you know, creating safe space for people, mm -hmm. you know, and I believe that churches more than any, like we, they need, we need that. Like we need professionals. We need people even within the churches to be able to be those facilitators, you know, to have people be able to go in and, and because I love what you said right now is that, you know, how did it make you feel? And do you still align mm -hmm. with certain things, you know? And I love that because sometimes like when the hurt factor comes in, you know, or, you know, when a person or individual is hurt or when, um, maybe, you know, maybe they, they, uh, maybe they made a mistake and, and, and now it's looked at different, you know, and a lot of times what happens is that because, because of the outcome, sometimes we say, man, I want to, I want to throw everything away, mm -hmm. but not knowing that, you know, I don't have to throw everything away. I can actually deconstruct and actually see that, you know what, there are certain things that I, I understand why, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I understand why I should have stayed away from that. I understand that now mm -hmm. and I understand what it's made me feel, but not because you guys have made me feel like that, mm -hmm. but because it's made me feel this mm -hmm. way. So I can understand that. But I still want to be humanized enough to where, you know, I want to be acknowledged that, you know, the way I'm treated is being is hurtful. Mm -hmm. You know, the way I'm being acknowledged is hurtful. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the way I'm being turned to the side is hurtful, mm -hmm. you know, and we need more more safe spaces like that, because 
what we see a lot is that when that happens, it's like, you know what, I'm just going to, and I know I was, and I say that because I was a situation with us where, you know, when we came to a point where, you know, we weren't going to church, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a time in our life where, you know, where we're like, you know what, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go Mm -hmm. because they're like, you know what, like, you know, the way we were made to feel was that, you know, you know, what, what we did was just absolutely wrong. It's, it's not, it's, you know, it's unforgivable, you know, where do we go? You know? And so I took it as like, I don't want anything Mm -hmm. to do with church at that moment, you know? And I'm so glad though, that, you know, we were able to, we were able to find, you know, we gave it a shot, you know, we, we found a church, um, and shout out to Sandals Church, Sandals Mm -hmm. Church, um, you know, right there in Riverside, we found it. And I don't know exactly how we, I don't know if you found it first, right? Um, I don't know. I thought you found it. Yeah. I think I saw a billboard. billboard. I saw a billboard, you know, and I think they're like, their motto is, um, real with self, God and others. Yeah. 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 So I saw that and I was on my drive to work. I'm like, ah, you know, I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's right there. It was like literally right down the street from us, from where we lived at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we said, let's give it a shot. And it was exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. It was a safe space for us to go. Mm-hmm. And through these messages, it wasn't even through us opening up at that moment. It was just through the messages that we were able to see a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was able to show us a perspective of not so much that, yeah, we agree with everything that we're mm-hmm. facilitating everything that, you know, that you're doing and we agree with. No, it wasn't so much that, but it was an acknowledgement of like, just, hey, this has happened in your life, but hey, God still loves you. Mm-hmm. You know, their, you know, his love, his, his opinion, his image of you, your identity in him has not been shaken, has mm-hmm. not changed, has mm-hmm. not, you know, has not vanished, you know? Yes, people are people, but it was able to create that space where, like you said, we were able to see, hey, what what we did, you know, and we were able to see what does align with us mm-hmm. and what doesn't anymore, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, yeah, it really helped us a lot, you know, I was going to say something, but I just left (laughs) (laughs) But it allowed us to deconstruct. Yeah. Yes. Kind of going back to that word, it allowed us to deconstruct, even for myself, Mm -hmm. it allowed me to deconstruct what I had learned. Mm -hmm. It's because like what he said, like it was the messages. We didn't get involved in that church. Like Mm -hmm. we just went to church. I knew for me, like I knew I needed, I needed to go to church. Mm -hmm. I needed God. Like just being at home and hearing worship music, praying for me it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. We I did it, we did it for a couple of weeks, I think. But then I was just like, we gotta go back to. We no, I, go I, he did it. Yeah. Claire, I didn't do that. You yeah. know, I wasn't. <laughs> but that was me. <laughs> I wasn't putting on worship. I wasn't no, praying. Me. Like I was, I was done. That, I, not done, but yeah. like not done with God. But I was done with religion. No, I was yeah. done with organization I was done I'm talking about myself yeah so that was me and you know I knew that I we needed to go to church Mm -hmm. like I that's just always been I grew up in Mm -hmm. and I in in the church knowing God and I just knew again going back to the thing like my mindset is always I want to please God Mm -hmm. I want to please God you know in whatever I do whatever choice I make no matter how bad it is like 
I just want to get back up and please God through it, mm -hmm. you know, however, because I know he's going to forgive me, you know, I know he loves me, you know, and I know he loved him, like, you know, I just, I know that, I'm not going to give up on that, right. like, why, mm -hmm. why, why, why even give up on that, mm -hmm. you know, that is the overall reason why we are still, we are here, yeah. is because we are God's creation, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and so I remember telling him, like, well, we have to go to church, you know, I think I had went to Harvest, you know, and once, but it just, to me, I'm sorry, but it just wasn't for It didn't me. align. Yeah, it didn't mm -hmm. align for me. But when he did say, like, I told him, I was like, we got to go. Like, I went by myself to mm -hmm. Harvest by myself. But the next Sunday, I was like, we have to go somewhere together. We got to do this together. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and he was like, well, I saw the billboard and he told me about it. it's really close. But I, so we, we went. We went that mm -hmm. next Sunday and, you know, we kept going, you know, and it yeah. really was... The messages. It really mm -hmm. turned into a healing space. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. it really did. Just by the messages of what yeah. Pastor Matt was just, what he would speak on, like, and there is some, he would be harsh sometimes, you know, and I'd be like, hey, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, but like, but. And I think it, it was the first time that we were able to experience, because I'll be honest, you know, and, and, and I hope, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, it was the first time, you know, where you know, there wasn't uh, a fear culture, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that a lot of people can probably relate to this, especially, um, you know, certain denominations, they can create like a, a very radical um, culture where it, it can turn into almost, you know, fear, mm -hmm. a fear culture yeah. where if you leave, you know, God's not going to be with you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you leave here, everything is going to go wrong, mm -hmm. you know, if you leave here, you know, you're, you're leaving the covering, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that was really ingrained in me, mm -hmm. you know, that really was, that culture was so ingrained in me that I really felt that that's why I didn't want anything to do with it because I said, what's the point now? Mm -hmm. Like I've left, like, um, you know, God, God's probably just done with me now, right. you know, like, I think I just have to face life, you know, face it as it comes and, mm -hmm. You know, and, and just whatever happens, I guess it's, it happens, you know, but that fear culture. Yeah. You know, um, a beautiful thing about your story is is the choice part. You know, I think that's part of spiritual deconstruction mm -hmm. is yeah. allowing people to choose to choose what works for them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because when we're involved in religion, we're told you know, we're mm -hmm. told this is what you believe, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. there again, little room for exploration, yeah. you know, so spiritual deconstruction or religious deconstruction is giving people back their ability to choose, yeah. to mm -hmm. choose what works for them. What works for people may not work for me, may not work for, you know, the next yeah. person, but it doesn't mean that they're wrong, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they're going to hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, you know, all yeah. of the things that we were told. It's yeah. just, it's their process. It's their process. It's their yeah. Process. Because we, it's, because it's so true. Like that's one thing that I've learned is that our, all, each and every one of our journey is different. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why like I've, you know, I don't want to say like I, I stamp myself, you know, but I kind of, you know, I stand on, you know, I'm very unorthodox now. Like mm -hmm. I'm very, very unorthodox. You know, I, I wear it, I live it, you know, like I, uh, you know, I, I, I rub people the wrong way mm -hmm. sometimes because of the, because of the way that I am, you know, because I do challenge, you mm -hmm. know, I do challenge, you know, certain things, you know, as to why, you know, like, 
you know, especially when it comes to to people, mm -hmm. you know, because that's at the end of the day, like we're trying to help people, mm -hmm. you know, and I always I always go back to history. You know, I, I, I'm kind of a history nerd a little bit but i love like martin luther mm -hmm. you know not martin luther king jr but martin luther mm -hmm. you know the, the the one who started basically the whole protestant movement mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. he's the one that opened that the door for that you know and i always people people always look at that story and they think that yeah you know he was this radical person that you know wanted to to change the catholic church you know but that's really not so like he just had a heart for people You know, Martin Luther had a heart for people. He was a priest and he couldn't get it out of his mind that, man, this scripture in Romans that we are saved by faith, mm -hmm. that we are saved by grace, you know, and that it's by faith. And so he was living in a religious system, you know, during that time, especially during that time where he loved the church, mm -hmm. you know, he loved God, you know, but they, their value was based off what they could give mm -hmm. and based off what they could do. It was a, it was a religious organization. It was a religious culture of works, mm -hmm. works. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to, if you and your loved ones are going to be saved, you got to pay this much. Mm -hmm. You got to do this much. Right. You got to, you know, give to this, give to that. If you and your family, you know, which is unbiblical, you know, and when he discovered that, his love for God and his love for people. Mm -hmm. He's like, man, because he saw the suffering in people. Mm -hmm. He saw what this, this was doing to people, mm -hmm. you know, and he wrote the thesis and he went and he stamped it on the, you know, the front doors of the Catholic church, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it was, it wasn't to, to challenge. It wasn't to start a division. He truly wanted them to turn, turn to what was right, mm -hmm. you know, in the eyes of God and for the people, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, story, history, you know, tells us, you know, he, they, you know, they didn't want to listen. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to, they didn't want to admit that, yeah, maybe we are, what we're doing is wrong mm -hmm. it, before God and before people. So what? He was excommunicated, mm -hmm. you know, and I really believe that that is always a mark, you know, of like sometimes, you know, we have to understand, we have to hear people when they're sharing their opinions, mm -hmm. you know, because there are times where people might share their opinion out of just a selfish motive, or maybe they do just want to, maybe they do just want to express harshly express themselves or har bring a harsh criticism, you know, but that's never a reflection of us. Mm -hmm. It's always a reflection of them, but we also have to be careful because there's people that might bring things that, that want to state things that, you know, because it's maybe affecting them mm -hmm. in a personal level yeah. or it's, or they see how it's affecting others mm -hmm. in a, in a way. And so I think that as the, you know, people in the church, as people in the church, we have to be sensitive to that, mm -hmm. you know, especially if people are coming and maybe they're sharing their doubts, mm -hmm. maybe they're sharing. Cause I think that it's going to start with us mm -hmm. a lot, you mm -hmm. know, to create those safe spaces and then eventually you know, facilitate these safe spaces so that people can, you know, um, good examples. Like my, my uncle recently lost his daughter, mm -hmm. you know, she lost, she lost the battle to cancer, you know, and, um, I called him and, and, you know, he's a, you know, he's a believer. He's, he's gone to church and, you know, he, he believes and, um, you know, but I was just like, you know, como esta tío? like, how are you doing? And he's like, It's like, honestly, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't know. Like, I don't know why. And I just heard him. And he's like, I don't know why. I don't know. I, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And 
she's gone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do. I don't know why is God so harsh? You know, and my, I just listened. I just listened to my uncle. I just let him express himself. But the other side, I could have been like, no, mm-hmm. no, uncle. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Where is your faith? Mm-hmm. Where is this? Where is that? You know, because we're, we're taught, like you said, mm-hmm. we're told this is what you got to mm-hmm. do. You know, regardless of your emotions, regardless, this is what you do. This mm-hmm. is how you behave. This is how you react, you know, as if we're a cookie cut culture, but we're not. Every individual is different. There's people that deal with loss and they're like, hey, you know, okay. You know, they lived a great life, man. I, I, I enjoyed their company while they're here. But then there's people that are like, man, why? Mm-hmm. You know, and we need to be able to create those spaces for them. Yeah, we need to make it okay to ask God why. You know, I remember growing up, that was like forbidden, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you cannot question God. You cannot yeah. ask God why, but just trust, you know, just trust that yeah. it's for a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and we, we have to normalize it. We have to make it okay for people to question God. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's good. That's um, so good. And, yeah. And- I just... You know, um, we're talking about inclusion here also in the church, you know, and, and, you know, also acknowledging that like love is not just for some people, mm-hmm. you know, but that legis- love is expanded to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's not just a certain group of people mm-hmm. that get to experience God lo- God's love, you mm-hmm. know, if that's where your faith is or mm-hmm. if that's what your faith is, yeah. is in, you know, um, you know, but we we have to acknowledge that some of these ideologies have really caused some harm to mm-hmm. groups of people. Yeah. You know, specifically our queer folks, you know, and with, there's queer folks within the church. Mm-hmm. We have to accept that, you know. Yeah. And are we making room for them? Yeah. You know, are we listening to their stories? Yeah. Are we um, accepting them for who they are? Yeah. You know, we we really have to make that space within the church for yeah. them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because God's love is not limited to mm-hmm. a group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for everyone. Yeah. And it really. Yeah. And on that subject of, you know, inclusion. Yeah. I, I agree with that so much because what I always believe and I always tell people is that when it comes to certain things, like at the end of the day, that relationship between you and God is personal, Mm -hmm. you know, and wherever that, when you have that personal encounter, wherever he leads you, whatever areas he leads you to change, you know, that will be in, in, between you and God Mm -hmm. and his timing. Our job is to just love on people, Mm -hmm. is to just love on, in whatever condition they come in, whether they're, they come in addicted to certain things, whether they come in, you know, committing, you know, these different acts of sins or whatever the case may be, because at the end of the day, we're a hospital, Mm -hmm. you know, we're a hospital for, for broken individuals. We are broken individuals Mm -hmm. and we have to be able to just love on them, mend them and just walk them through that process, whatever, however that process may look in their personal life, Mm -hmm. you know, but they have to come because it's like, I always look back at my own personal life I didn't change because I was forced to change. 
-hmm. You know, I wasn't, you know, I changed because I came to a reckon mm -hmm. I, that I realized, man, this is bringing destruction to my life. Mm -hmm. And, and, and when I came face to face with God, when I, not face to face, literally, but when I had that reckoning, that, that awakening within my life, it made me realize that, you know what? I no longer want to be this individual. I no longer want to be this person. And this is who I want to be. I want mm -hmm. to, I want to, like my wife says, I want to please you. I want to have that relationship with you. I want to get to know you because his love is what embraces us. His love is what holds us, you know? And, but sometimes these ideologies, you know, and that's why it's so cool that we, we're kind of bringing the two worlds, like psychology, counseling, mm -hmm. therapy, but then also the deconstructing of faith because mm -hmm. they really do go hand in mm -hmm. hand because there's a lot of listeners out there that have maybe struggles in both. But a lot of times, like you said, a lot of times our struggles, our identity crisis, mm -hmm. our um, brokenness could be led or could have, you know, started because of something, because mm -hmm. of an institution, because of a religious experience, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of you know, maybe certain things that happen to us, mm -hmm. you know, even within the church. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 You know, um, you know, the, the, the quote that comes to mind, um, is like the, the love, the sinner. No, what is it? Hate the sinner, hate the sin, love the, yeah. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. Love yeah. the sinner, hate the sin. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is, a uh, this I understand like the intention behind this statement, right? But for for a lot of folks, it's not actually comforting mm. to them, you know, um, because some people can't choose who they are mm. or what they're born with, you know. And some, you know, the church and some of the ideologies that the church carries um, says that who they are, you know, is a sin itself. You know, and so um, we really have to be mindful, you know, how we use some of these words and the impact that it's having. It's not working for everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. And so this is part of like that conversation of the openness, right? Creating the safety, safety yeah. space, right? Yeah. For people to be able to show up and still choose to be who they are internally without mm -hmm. having to deny certain parts of themselves just to be loved or to belong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? that's good. That's yeah. good. And just to kind of close a little bit, um, this is a great conversation. <laughs> this really is, you know, I know this is going to help so many people. And, um, but I know that I've been coming across it a lot. And I know we even talked when we, when we talked on the phone, you know, I told you, let's see if we can have some time to even kind of dissect into mm -hmm. it and look into it. But so recently I've been seeing a lot the term Latinx, mm -hmm. right? Latinos, mm -hmm. you know, Latinx, you know, and I know for me and for others out there, you know, maybe maybe they have, you know, maybe they've been seeing it longer than me. But I feel like recently I've been seeing it more, mm -hmm. you know, what is that? What, what what's the purpose behind that? What's is it a movement? Kind of, kind of, you could kind of touch base on that because I'm, sure. I'm, I want to kind of, I'm open to wanting to learn about it, you know, and I think that, and I say that because there's things that I want to make clear like that, even with Offbeat Podcast is that there's things that we might not all agree with, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There's things that we might not all agree with, but that's the space that we're creating with mm -hmm. Offbeat Podcast is that 
you know, because one of the things that I hated to see that I, that we all saw was in 2020, you Mm -hmm. know, in 2020, one thing that it taught us, one thing that we saw, I'm sorry, was that, man, people were just not able to see eye to eye, Mm -hmm. you know, on a lot of things, you know what I mean? And it created a massive division, Mm -hmm. a massive division, you know? So I want to be able to like, Hey, you know what? If there's things that we can talk about, we might not agree, you know, on all, every detail, on every aspect, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to be able to conversate about things, mm-hmm. you know. So I want to just kind of, you know, op- I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, but explain that to us. If, yeah. I feel like you're because that's even in your bio. It's more right. Right. Yeah. So the term Latinx, it strives to include. Right. Like. We're talking about inclusion, right? So uh, the terms that we've heard is Latina, Latino, right? And that kind of limits it to people who identify as women and people who identify as men, right? And so the X is to allow people to feel a bit more included in that term because the reality is not everyone identifies as women and not everyone identifies as men. And so, you know, you can call yourself Latina, you can call yourself Latino, right? But it's really, uh, Latinx is really a term of inclusion, right? So that when we're speaking speaking to a population, we're not just limiting it to um, these two genders, That's really what the term is about. So like for me, I use it in my bio. I use it in my language, right? Because those services that I provide or the work that I do is not just limited to women or people who identify as women or people who identify as men. But, you know, there's non-binary people or there's uh, gender fluid people Um, and they are welcome to also have a safe space you know and they're also worthy of uh you know a place that is accepting for them so that's really uh the term like what the term strives to do is to provide inclusion okay okay Mm -hmm. and then and and as far as like the yeah because I've been seeing a lot and I'm like you know because my thing is that every time I see something like that like I really Honestly, like I, it, what comes to my mind a lot of times is that, man, like it, it borderline. And I think many people could probably feel that way sometimes and it could be ignorance, mm-hmm. you know, also, you know, I admit, you know, but sometimes it feels like division, you know, because it's like, why are we dividing ourselves as a people? You mm-hmm. know, like sometimes it really does feel like that. Like, like I look at, you know, white people, like, you know, you don't have white people doing that, you know, doing terms like that. They might, you know, there's movements within that, you know, but it's like, why? That's what I look at. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's what it is, mm-hmm. but that's sometimes what I tend to look at. I'm like, man, like, you know, because you'll see posts, you'll see different things. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, ident- I identify as, you know, Latinx or I, and I didn't understand that until mm-hmm. you told me right now. Mm-hmm. I did not understand that. So I'd always be like, well, man, why can't I? I'm just a Latino. I'm just mm-hmm. a Mexican. Like, what's wrong with me being Mexican? What's mm-hmm. wrong with being? So I took it as like, is it just another way just to divide us as a people? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, no. Quite opposite. Yeah. It's to allow people to feel more included and yeah. to, again, go back to choosing, yeah. you know, choosing to be addressed in the ways that they want to be addressed. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. people, people like to be addressed differently and though it may be uncomfortable for some right like we want to respect 
people's requests, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and honor their identities. Yeah. Um, so really that's, you know, we want to include. Gotcha. It's all about including. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've seen like even things like about like where I have a cousin who's like, he's, he's big and like some of the things that he posts, he's a bit radical about certain mm-hmm. things. So that's why I automatically related it to, because he's always talking about like terms like decolonization mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and I'm just like, bro, like, what are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and so he's like, we've had conversations with him. So I've been able to understand mm-hmm. where he's coming from a little bit, you know? And, um, uh, and even recently, I um, I I tuned into um, is a Latin Latinx parenting, you know, Latinx where parenting. brown mm-hmm. brown brown dad or something like that, mm-hmm. or brown fatherhood, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think something like that, you know. So I'm like, you know what, like I'm 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 curious, so I'm like, you know what, and I'm I want to be an open individual, so I'm like, you know what, like let me find out what what they have to say mm-hmm. instead of just you know being, you know, um, you know, uh, how do you say? Um, uh, stereotypical about mm. you know about that you know because hey stereotypes are in every race mm-hmm. man like mm-hmm. even mexicans hispanics like we could be very stereotypical about certain certain things you know but when i tuned in i really liked i really mm-hmm. liked what um you know they they were really when they even kind of spread some sh- kind of spread some light you know what i mean on issues when it comes to machismo mm-hmm. you know what i mean um, you know, even certain things that, you know, how we were brought up, you know, I, you know, I love the way that the, the guests that they had on that day, you know, they were, they came off very, um, you know, like, Hey, these, this isn't the right way. They didn't come at people like that, like where this is what you got to do. This is what we have to change, but they were very open about their own process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what I, I was like, okay, this is cool because yeah, they really do address a lot of the way Hispanic culture, um, how we were raised, mm-hmm. you know, and how we, how we view women mm-hmm. and even how we view our friendships, you mm-hmm. know, the machismo, you know, and, and I know a lot of that comes to even how we treat people, you know what I mean? Of the opposite sex or how, how they identify, you know, a lot of times we can belittle them. We can mm-hmm. shame people, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how we were brought up. You know, right. we're like, you know, no, no, like, you know, that's, that's not what you do or, you know, the way to, to kind of get back at people is make fun of them, mm-hmm. things like that. So mm-hmm. they had some real interesting topics, you know, and and that's why I was like, you know what? She has it on her bio. I'm going to bring it up. I want to kind of just, you know, so whoever's listening to us, you know, can even like me, I can, we can understand now. Okay. Right. Now we get it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, um, it's not a movement in itself. Right. But, it does lead you to get curious about, like you said, the word decolonization or the word deconstruction, like these, um, these terms lead you or can influence you to be a bit more curious, right. And to maybe align with some of the, uh, information that you're coming across, just like you said, you know, maybe we knew machismo existed, but maybe we didn't understand the roots of it or where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, or even, you know how it's impacted you on a personal level right we've all well I shouldn't say all but you know (laughs) most of us who maybe uh identify as Latino or Mexican right um 
in some way, maybe we've been impacted by machismo or even marianismo, right? Which is like the role of the women. Yeah. Um, That's the first time I hear I that know, one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a lot of information, great information out yeah. there. You know, Latinx therapy um, puts out uh, a lot of great information. They have a directory of, uh, therapists who identify as Latin, Latinx. Um, so a lot of information, if that's something that, that interests you, yeah, yeah please, please continue yeah. to learn. Oh yeah. It's because it's part of, it's part of my journey, you know, and I, I, I try to be careful cause I love, you know, I love a lot of things like about, you know, that's I, like me and my cousin, like, you know, that's why I always like, I kind of, I don't want to say I make fun of, but like we do laugh about because, you know, we, we come from, um, you know, we're from, we're from Michoacan and we visit mm-hmm. Michoacan a lot, you know, and, and there's so much culture there. We love it, you know, and, and um, you know, so we always just kind of like, we'll, we'll clown around with each other and things like that, you know, but for sure, for sure, you know, like um, I've, you know, I've been able to deconstruct so many things in my life that, you know, when I do go back and visit, there's things that I don't do anymore mm-hmm. or there's certain things that I don't touch on anymore because, you know, or even how I, how I treat my wife, how I, you know, how I, um, you know, treat women, how I treat the opposite sex is it's been, it's not so much because that's what I was learned taught because what I was taught was a very complete opposite, you know, mm-hmm. because of what I saw and things like that. So, um, you know, touching on things like that always interests me because yeah, I want to be better mm-hmm. as a man and as a, and as a Mexican dad, as a Hispanic man that is raising up, you know, two boys, mm-hmm. you know, I want to teach them the other side, I, I, things that maybe I saw that now I see, ah, man, that wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, you know, the way you talk, you know, you would see people talk to, to mm-hmm. their wives or to women. It's like, or the things that they would do just because they were men. It's kind of like, ah, you know what? Like, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm adult, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. So I want to teach them that there are different ways, you know, mm-hmm. without losing your culture. Because yeah. I think that that's what a lot of people mm-hmm. are afraid of. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's kind of like what I was afraid of when I was see that, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't so much the division. It was like, well, what are they trying to do? Like, are you trying to give away with culture Mm -hmm. because honestly like I love my Mexican culture Mm -hmm. like I really do you can ask my wife I love it I love my roots I love where I'm from I love my heritage I love my legacy I love it you know I love the you know I love the land I Mm -hmm. work the lands you know Mm -hmm. I lived there for two years and I have so much love for it but I'm starting to find out that no, that's not that's not it at all. No, and if anything, quite opposite. We're you know being encouraged to look at our roots. You know, yeah. um, look at our ancestors. What is our lineage? Like generational trauma exists. You know, like yeah. what are some of the experiences that you know um, generations before us like mm-hmm. experienced? Yeah. You know, um, so no, it's it's actually encouraging us to dig deeper, you yeah. know, dig deeper into who we are by understanding what our roots are. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think like even my wife can say like, she's right. Like you've gotten rid of, uh, you could say she's kind of broken that generational trauma, I guess you could say, because right. Like your mom, she was very close with her dad. Right. Yeah. She was very close with him. Um, he, well, he was closed. Yeah. He, he was, of. um, uh, it was a dad that just wasn't, he was there, but 
wouldn't really have like conversations mm -hmm. with them, you know, yeah. very to himself, you know. So she kind of, it was hard for her sometimes to, I feel like she did what she can, like, of course, mm -hmm. like she did what she can, but I feel like she could have, She's she can be very harsh, not harsh, I don't want to say hard, but very to herself too, because she just I think from her mom, she had a good relationship with her mom, but she was one of the eldest mm -hmm. um, daughters because there's nine of them. So, you know, like mm -hmm. there was nine of them and yeah. she was like the, the fourth child. So she was like, how you said, like you as an eldest, you have to take the responsibility of taking care of those that are younger. Mm -hmm. And she took on that responsibility, you know, and so she was another mother in the mm -hmm. home, you know, yeah. so... Uh, she just didn't really learn how to express herself. Mm -hmm. I think us as her children, she learned with us, but she could only handle so much, mm -hmm. you know, because there is, you know, I think as growing up, I can think about like, I think even as an adult, sometimes, sometimes we'll have conversations. I'm like, why this? Like, why that? Like, if I get the chance to ask her, you know, and she's just like, I don't know why. I don't know why mm -hmm. I was like, you know, like, it's just the way we grew up. Mm -hmm. Like, that was, that's always like her thing. Like, just the way we grew up. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like, even yeah. sometimes till this day, like the way she gets when I see her get angry with my dad and they're fighting or not like, you know, like just, you know, just. We all, couples have it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They've the been petty, married. Petty arguments. Yeah, the, those petty <laughs> arguments. They've been married for so long already, like almost almost 40 years. So it's like, I'm just like, why do you get so angry with him, you know? And she's like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, and yeah. it's, 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 but I think I've learned, you know, like, okay, I see what they've gone through. Because I think something that we've learned too as, um, listening to just, you know, coming to church, listening to different messages. You know, I'm a very podcast person. I love to hear podcasts. So even things that I've listened to, um, just the behavioral, it's not the behavioral curses. That's something that I think Christians use a lot, mm -hmm. but it's the behavioral. Generational genera curses. The genera yeah, they call them generational curses. curses. No, but the gener generation behaviors. Yeah, it's the patterns. The patterns mm -hmm. of like one has learned and, yeah. you know, and that's where we have to learn how to, what, to de deconstruct, yeah, you yeah. know, so that we don't take on those things and we mm -hmm. do better, you know, yeah. or we at least see, okay, you know, we really go through the process of all that. Like, mm -hmm. what is, what is this the right way yeah. to to express ourselves, you know, or you know, like going into deep of that, you right. know? Yeah, and yeah. that's why I said like she's re because her relationship with her dad is is great, mm -hmm. you know, she has a great relationship with her. And that's why I said, like, she's really broken that mm -hmm. generational pattern, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, and I think that's what we all need to really, really be encouraged to do, you know, is to. And I hope that this episode has encouraged people, you know, to do that, you know. And what are some last words of advice for someone that might be going through depression, anxiety, and is kind of just thinking about, should I make that, take that next step? to seek therapy, what would you tell them? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, if you're struggling with your mental health, you know, I, I want to encourage you, you know, and I, I, uh, I acknowledge you, you know, I acknowledge uh, your pain and I acknowledge the struggle and it's, it's not easy, you know, and um, the encouragement is really that you don't have to do it alone, you know, there is help. There are resources out there. Um, there are people who want to help you, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just want to give you 
a little bit of hope. You know, sometimes in these really harsh, hard moments, uh, we kind of lose hope. But there, there is hope, you know. Um, this, you know, emotions are, are temporary, and this isn't to minimize anyone's experience. Um, but this, it doesn't have to be like this forever, you know. There yeah. are, there, there's help out there for you. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and I want to, you know just encourage everyone to, you know, out there listening to us, if, you know, we're going to put uh, Tabitha's information, you know, there in the, the description. And if you're in this area, you know, in the, in the Nimpire near the Beaumont area, San Bernardino area, and you're looking, you know, for, for, for help, you're looking for counseling, you're looking for a safe space to even deconstruct your faith. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you find yourself not knowing what you believe anymore. Um, you know, I want to just encourage you, you know, that first of all, God's, God loves you. You know, man's behavior is never a reflection of who he is. Man's behavior is always a reflection of who they are and things that maybe they're still processing and going through. But I want to let you know that God loves you for who you are, regardless of where you're at. He loves you. And I want you to know that. And I want you to know that there are people, there are spaces, there are places that are safe for you, where you can go, where you can deconstruct, where you can question whatever it is that you need to question in this moment of your life, because it's not over. You know, I love what Tabitha just said. It's there's hope. There's hope for you. And so we want to connect you. So if that's you, wherever you find yourself, you know, send us a message. Um, like I said, her information is going to be on there. Connect with her directly. I know she offers um, free 15 minute consultations, right? Yeah. And I just want to clarify that, um, though my business is located in Beaumont, um, I only do online individual Ooh, therapy. So this expands to people all across California. Um, my license only allows me to work with people in California. Okay. Um, but anywhere in California, um, yes, you could reach out to me. That's even better. Yeah. That's even it expands better. Guys. The resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about the internet. So that there's no excuse anymore. There really isn't, you know, and And from experience, therapy really is the way to go. You know, it really is. You know, um, it's it's a decision that I do not regret. I don't regret it. You know, it's something that I don't regret the the time invested in it, even the money invested in it. You know, I don't regret it. You know, and I recommend it to anyone who's on this journey to get better, you know. And um, so send us a message, share this video with someone, um, continue to hit the alert button. You know, we're shooting content out, you know, a lot more, uh, steadily, you know what I mean? So, you know, make sure to follow us on Instagram, um, uh, We're even on TikTok, guys, you know, follow us on there. You know, we'd love to connect with you guys. If you have an offbeat story and you say, man, I want to share, you know, send us a message. Let's link up. Let's talk about it. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Tabitha, my lovely wife, Jeanette. Thank you for co-hosting with me. And uh, so see you guys next time. This was Off Beat Podcast. Let's go. Let's go.